Hello internet, it's the 1st of February 2022 and this is the Game Engine Start Podcast. My name is Ewan. My name is Galm. And it's 2022, we're back. We took our January yep. break and we're here again, mainly because not much happened to January. We did have a lot of games to talk about, but uh, we have our Game of the Year discussions, which will be the week after you hear this. They're all basically ready to go, I just need to clean them up and get them on the, on the website. Um, <laughs> yeah well okay get all the stuff that's not putting a video and podcast together you know all the other yeah. admin parts of it um but yeah they're ready to go um they came out pretty well uh i kind of i kind of liked the the general vibe this year where it was like much more relaxed we did much more we didn't really want to do the whole like genres thing or the the like categories thing again because that's like a lot of work and a lot of recording so if we just keep it to like a casual chat I yeah. actually kind of like that. Yeah, it, was, it's, it, meant, it, it meant that you covered like the game of the year stuff and their personal lists and kind of like one go. It was, yeah, it kind of did. Yeah, it was. It was a good. Yeah, it was neat. Yeah, had to cut it in half because it was long, but yeah, it works. I mean, yeah, but it's, it's two parts. I can't remember how long we talked, but uh, three hours. Well, four hours, oh, but it got cut down. Four hours, so, I think. But it cut yeah, down cool. to two one and a half. But yeah, it, it came out pretty well. So that'll be probably the uh, Wednesday, Friday the week after is what I'm going to queue it for so keep an eye out for that but um, we at least kept some video games uh, over the Christmas period and January I think Um, I can churn through some some interesting stuff Um, yeah I'm sure you played a bunch of small bollocks like yeah well actually not hugely like they're all names they're all names you would recognize Um, oh sure I'll just very quickly I cannot remember because it was like a while ago last time we did this did I talk about post-trauma here or on the game of the year thing i can't remember i think you talked about them in one of them i'm pretty sure okay fair enough people should go look at that on steam the game called post-trauma that is the short thing is like it's the closest that anyone's ever got to doing silent hill um and it's like a yeah this was you freaking out about the thing that they made they basically tried to make silent hill again i remember yeah and it's yeah they and they've they've nailed it they've actually understood what silent hill was uh, and it's like a one or two person dev team and it looks fucking incredible so yeah and there's a demo on steam that you check out um the humble bundle came through again and the only thing i've really put any time into off of that is a game called bpm which is bullets per minute oh yeah yeah yeah. i've seen this before Yeah, yeah so it's like a it's like a rhythm based metal first person shooter yeah it's what would happen if you made uh like crypt of the necro dancer a first person shooter yeah and it kind of sounds like some of it sounds vaguely like somewhere in between like darren corb and akira yomoka's kind of guitar like heavier guitar stuff and it's really good like i actually it was definitely one of those things like i should check this out and then it was like a couple hours later and i was like okay let's do one more run um it works pretty well it's actually pretty fun um people should maybe have a look at that if it comes through um so this didn't happen by the time i think we last recorded but basically uh io announced year two of hitman 3 and there's a bunch of stuff that they announced but there's like so the the big one first big one was that it's coming to steam as a trilogy pack that you can now get um they announced like some of the new features that's coming in year two including like a roguelike thing which seems super interesting um and Along they're giving a, a twist on the hitman genre that's, that's totally um but the other thing that it's come to game pass which is uh, so i don't own three on pc i got i got it on ps5 but luckily three came out on game pass 
And the other big thing was um, the VR mode hits PC with that update. So Oh, yeah, right. So I did Hitman 3 VR. Uh, it's wild. It's... Yeah, I saw someone play this and it seems pretty so crazy. It's not... No... <laughs> I say this and somebody will do it, but I don't think it's the recommended way to play that game. Like, you're not going to make... No, of like, course not. Yeah. You're not going to do some clean hitmanning with this thing. Like, it's very much a fuck-around-style thing, it feels like. But there is something really, really weird about being in first-person with everything to scale in, like, the Paris level that I've put, like, five, six, seven hours of time into. Like, seeing yeah, yeah, yeah. it from the ground at everything to scale is really, really weird. Um, I murdered Helmut Kruger in first person. That was fun. Um, right, you gotta gotta do that when you play Hitman. Totally. Uh, throwing shit continues to be fun. Um, so I, when I was watching someone play it, I never saw them like do the Hitman thing of like two handing a fire extinguisher or stuff like that. Does it still have the like tracking when you do yes. it in VR? So the way ah, that, okay, the good. way that they've implemented it, which is actually pretty good, is that you. So if you're if you've got your, if you've got like a wrench in your right hand, if you you kind of aim with your left hand, like you put your hand out in front of you and aim with your left hand, ah, and it will, okay. and the like the reticle will appear and snap to a head if you point it the right way. And then when you that's that that's a smart way of doing yeah. that. That's and then fair, when you yeah. when you hurl it from there, like it will do the thing, and it travels pretty fucking fast. Like you know the the tutorial level on the fake boat where like yeah. they tutorialize you like hurling a wrench at somebody. Like it works the way you expect it to. Um. Yeah, and it looks really nice, actually. Like, there's some... Like, up close, a lot of those things, those uh, models and stuff actually look pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's a really interesting thing, though. Like, the the opening of the Paris level, um, where you're entering the house and you're going through, like, past the fountain and stuff like that. There's, like, trees, like, little trees on either side and plant pots. When you're oh, down sure, in first right. person like that, you realise that those, pl- those trees are actually floating off the plant pots. Like, they're not actually in the right. thing. But you would never see that, right? Unless you're... No, of course close. not, yeah. I'm, just, that, I'm sure there's parts of that level that are just not designed to be looked at that closely because that's totally, how game design works. But totally. Yeah. And it runs really well, like on my relatively middle of the road system, like it runs really well. Even in stuff like Marrakesh, which is like so many people, um, it runs pretty great. So I'm I'm super impressed. And it was cool to like kind of run around and, and just mess around in that thing. Um Especially like the the start of the the start of three in Dubai, where you're like, yeah, we're going to start this level on the top on the outside of this giant skyscraper that's above the clouds. Good luck, and you just look down and you, oh no, don't like any of this. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's cool. It's it's a good fuck around thing, and it's on Game Pass, so like you could just try it. And yeah, it worked, may as well. Yeah. Worked straight out the gate. Um, but yeah, um, one I think one of the interesting things to talk about is I played the Anacrusis which came out of oh, early yeah. access yeah. Uh, and is also on Game Pass as well as everything else right now. Um, I I don't get it. I don't... Well, no, okay, that's not true. I 100% get it, but I saw some really positive reactions from this thing. Like, so, okay, to be clear. So, Anna Crisis is a game from the studio... Alberta? No, no, no. Uh, God, I can't remember the team... There was something about the team that they came from. Oh, it's the Evolve people. Remember the guys who did Evolve? Um, Stray Bombay. Is the name yes. There's something about who the people that Stray Bombay is. Uh, I'm just, I'm going to very quickly try and see if I can find I, this. Yeah, I have no idea. Stray Bombay. Uh, 
former Valve people. Right, it's Chet Falasek, uh, who are the who are ex Valve and Riot people. Um, oh. So it's the, the Half Life and Portal writer. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't know. So I can't remember who the Evolve people were. The Evolve people are Turtle Beach, who are Back for Blood, right? Yes, that's right. And then this is the this is the ex Valve people, Valve and Riot people. Um, so it's it's like it's straight up Left 4 Dead, right? Like they talk about yeah, yeah. They talk about an AI director. They talk about all of that infinite replayability and all that kind of stuff. And it's got this weird, like, kind of like sixties sci fi aesthetic, like seventies sci fi aesthetic. Like everything's curved and like kind of very orange and white and stuff like that. Um, so I saw a lot of really positive press about like how it's like the AI director in it is like super intense and will throw things at you at the right right level. I don't get it's it's super boring. Like I I thought it was really really boring. Um, and that like. It's a shooter where you're actively shooting things a lot of the time and they will throw in specials that fuck up stuff. But, like, it's just, like, none of the weapons feel particularly good. Like, they're all, like, laser guns and stuff like that, but they have, like, kind of weak-sounding things. The grenades are kind of cool. Like, some of them do some cool effects, but, like, you don't ever really need them. It's just kind of boring. It's just kind of boring. and It's kind of what I took from it as well when I saw people streaming it as well. It's just, like, yeah, don't... I don't get why you would play this over like just Left 4 Dead again. Yeah, like, like it's not. Like, it's not like, any more interesting or doing anything so different and unique that it makes it stand out. Like, like, just... like Back for Blood is doing more interesting things when you compare it to yeah, Left 4 sure. Dead. Like this is just. I mean, that. nobody's playing that either. But that's no yeah. true. But like, and and so it's also an early access. So only the first three or the first act is in there. So it's like f- three chapters, something like that, and it's just. Yeah, like, and I, I remember seeing an interview with them, or somebody clipped an interview with them that was talking about how they are going for the fuck around with your friends on Discord market. And, like, yeah. that's fine. Like, it's very much that. Like, you don't really have to pay that much attention if it, you just want to use it as a chat room. Like, I get it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If it's a thing um, to do with your friends, with, with exactly. your board. Sure. Yeah. Um, But it's. Yeah, it, it's, it's just not a huge. And again, this is kind of the problem with Game Pass, right? Like, if I had paid money for this, would I be more invested? And I, we talked a little bit about this yeah, in regards fair. to Halo Infinite when we were talking about Game of the Year, but, like, this is a free thing I could install and go, nah, and leave. And I'm like, I'm really starting to be worried now how that's going to affect people's relationship with video games. Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely gonna, it's definitely going to change the perception of like it's, it's not even going to change the perception of maybe like people's personal value but it might put the change the perception of like the value in critique and like yes. uh review and stuff like that because like i've seen it with my friends and stuff like that where they, they they're like oh yeah i don't really need to read the reviews it's on game pass i'll just play it and exactly try it like which is like sure fair enough i can totally understand that but at the same time it's just a weird thing to which especially is ero- eroding the the value in um, good critique and like journalism for review and that sort of thing, editorials and especially because like reviews already have have started to move away from or have been trying at least to move away from um, like just buyer's advice, right? Because you actually want yeah, to read sure, it. Yeah. you want to read a review that has somebody's opinion about the things that they saw, as opposed to just being like yeah. as this many levels and this many like look at the those, graphics. Yeah, yeah, apart from like fuckwits on the internet who think that's what re- reviews are, but like yeah. you can't those don't mean anything 
when with a zero investment you can just download the game and try it like it's it's pointless yeah, exactly. to do those yeah, kind yeah. of reviews but i think the thing for me as well is that it it changes the the relationship with like tiers of games right where like if you get a if you get an un, like an uncharted game right that is 60 quid like there's an expectation about the level of quality and um scope of what that thing is right like mm. you, you kind of you have a rough idea in your head, and if like if you got an Uncharted game that was four hours long, you'd be a bit weirded out by that, or like it didn't sure look yeah. great, or the voice acting wasn't like it sets an expectation as to what they have invested into this thing, um, about what you're going to get out. But when you look at something like uh, I'm kind of parroting a little bit other than Game of the Year, but like when you look at something like Halo Infinite, right, a mainline full Halo campaign theoretically yeah. right a thing yeah. that five years ago you'd pay 60 quid for on a yep. console i don't think it's very good i mean my no. feelings on halo aside but like it's it's like it feels like a ubisoft game from five years ago and that's not like if i had paid 60 quid for this i would be miffed but i didn't sure. i got yeah. it for but free yeah. and i went this is not for me and deleted it so like this yeah it does change people's experiences with games and um, uh, expectations of things, and also my worry is that it changes what how developers put into games, right? Like if it's a thing that's targeting Game Pass, especially if you're a Microsoft first party like Halo, like are you building a sixty dollar game, or are you building a forty dollar game, or are you building a twenty dollar game, right? And not in terms of value, but in terms of like the type of thing that you're making, right? Yeah. Because if yeah, you'd yeah. have told me that they had farmed this Halo game out to a side studio. Like, it's a really well-put-together thing, but it's just not, yeah, yeah. like... It doesn't have the same prestige as, like, when they put out, like, Halo 4 as, like, the start of a new trilogy and stuff like that. Sure, like, it yeah. just fe- it feels different. Um, So, yeah. The, the I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit when we talk about Activision, I assume, but, like, yeah. the relationship of Game Pass does change a lot of things that I'm not convinced are 100% great for everyone, but we'll... Yeah, it's... It, yeah. It, it, it's, it changes it's the market the significantly, yeah. For sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and it looks is, like it's only going to continue to change it because, like, Sony are trying to do their own thing that's totally. like Game Pass, so it's like... Yeah. It appears to be where people want to be going, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Anacrisis, I, I didn't... I, I don't think it's very good. It's Again, it's early access, and it's on Game Pass. So, like, try it. It's totally fine as like a fuck around thing, but I don't. When they put out the new chapter, I'm not going to be like there day one, right? Like that's about the yeah. only thing I can say, yeah. basically. Um, yeah. So that I think that's everything I did on my own. Is there stuff that you've done? I mean, you've been. Continuing, oh. I mean, you've been continuing to play away at Final Fantasy, right? And sending me yeah the updates. The thing on... is, like, the thing is mainly just the fact that um, over christmas or the the holiday break um they've released the savage raids for 14 um so for those that don't know the way that raids work in final fantasy 14 is that there are the raids that they've the raids come out in a series of four fights uh every few months it's like normally like four months in between each tier that go from fight one to fight 12 so it's like one to four and then five to nine and then uh, 10 to 12? No, I can't remember. Or no, 5 to 8 and then 9 to 12. Um, and they they come out in blocks and you complete them and they're, they're, it's it's the it's the seeing the raid design for Final Fantasy. So it's like you get to see the fight, which is cool. Mm. 
There's not only really unique mechanics, and they're really interesting fights most of the time. And it's true this time as well. Uh, this this tier is called Pandemonium. It's really cool. But the the four fights are really interesting in different ways. They've done some stuff they've never done before in terms of like how to handle fights in terms of moving through spaces and stuff. It's really interesting. But two weeks after the normal tier comes out, you then get the Savage tier, which is the the hardest thing basically that you can do in the game that's not the ultimate fights because they are their own brand of crazy and insane but the 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 thing that if you're a a quote-unquote like weekly raider the sort of person that like does the fights and then farms them for gear savages are what you're doing um these are the same fights as the normal tier toned up and with like new mechanics and you don't get like hit markers and you don't get like uh you don't get a lot of time to react to stuff. So whereas in normal, you can... The boss says they're doing a mechanic and then there'll be ground markers and you can react to that mechanic. Savage relies a lot more on you knowing the fight and knowing what's going to happen and what's going to happen next and reacting to it. Right, right. Um, so it's a lot harder and, like, obviously it's got more health and it does more damage, so you need to be well-geared and stuff like that. But the main thing about Savage is being good at raid mechanics and being good at coordination and understanding how to do how to execute on raid mechanics while doing your job like if you're a dps how do you do these raid mechanics while doing your rotation or healing people or whatever it is you need to do that's the interesting thing and savages are always like the pinnacle of the raid design in final fantasy 14 sure and yes yeah, so this is no different like the savage fights this tier are super interesting like um so it goes from i'm currently learning four fight four so you tell, the, the, the way that you would signify in in 14 because i was talking to you and about this as well is like it's the raid tier name which is pandemonium so you say p then the number of the fight so one to four and then nrs for normal or savage so i have done p1 two and three s and i'm now working on learning p4 s Mm-hmm. Um, and P one two three are they're really interesting fights, and one and two are are cool, and there's like unique mechanics that are really interesting and stuff like that. Three is an absolute monster of a fight. <laughs> it is so it's a fight against a big phoenix, big firebird, and it has so many mechanics that are how do you, how would I define them? So many mechanics that are like wipe worthy. Where it is like one thing goes goes wrong and the party's just dead. Like it is right. A lot there, there there are bits in Savage fights where it's like someone can die here and you can res them and it's fine or like whatever it is you can recover you can adjust whatever it is. P three uh, has so many things that are like if someone fucks up the party's basically wiped. Like it's really right. hard to recover from mistakes, um, and that is like really really punishing. Because like it's so it's an eight man fight. It's it's four DPS, two healer, two tank, mm-hmm. and we were talk we were, we were sitting talking about this because we sat and tried to. You, this is where this is where you get weird about Final Fantasy fourteen, right? You don't just go into a savage fight and try and clear it. You have to like practice because yes, yeah, of course there are a lot of mechanics and they're very difficult. So you you spend like a few days, maybe a week or whatever in. Like P3S practice parties, basically. There are specific parties <laughs> sure. in 
the party finder mechanic that are labeled for practice and it's normally like they will say in the description of the party practice for x mechanic mm-hmm. so for like p3s it was like practice for fountains of fire or practice for flames fast fidel or whatever it is you do that for like a week or a few days or however long it takes you to get to the point where you see what's called enrage which is you have seen all the mechanics of the fight and you just haven't done enough damage to kill the boss because the boss has a hard limit that is like if you get to this time you wipe and that's it Mm -hmm. um because otherwise you could just sit there for an eternity and eventually you would kill it so there is so for p3s it's at like 10 and a half minutes so if you get to like 10 and a half minutes the boss just wipes you and that's it right so you do practice parties right up until the point where you can see that enrage timer where it kills you Mm -hmm. which is basically your signifier to be like okay i've seen everything in this fight now it's about execution it's just about being able to do it with enough dps to be able to kill the boss makes sense we spent like two and a half weeks just in parties that were there for killing it like not not practice parties and not re-clear parties for people that have killed it and are yeah, just yeah, doing it doing for it again. Yep. specific parties that are there for we are here to kill this boss right because there are it because it's eight people if eight people are in that party and they are working at like 90 percent of their best ability it would it takes like i think it, my friend did the math it's something like one in 25 pulls will be like perfect and that's if right. like one person fucks up so it is Jesus. If a okay. fight if a fight is that punishing, it takes a lot of focus and concentration and a lot of luck to be able to find a party and party finder, which is randoms, basically. We had what, five? Four DPS and a healer. So we had five people that we knew and were us and were like Mm-hmm. We know what we're doing, and we're rarely going to fuck this up. Oh, so you're so, not even you're not even doing these hardest things as like eight people that all know each other. Like you're doing no, right? So we're we're, we're doing it because like so savages aren't for everybody, right? They are they're super hard, and they it takes a specific mindset and a specific amount of dedication. So not everybody wants to do it. So you're not gonna unless you're in a specific high tier raiding guild or whatever, mm-hmm. which we are not. You're mm-hmm. not gonna get that. We're we're just a guild that is like a group of friends, and some of us want to do it, and some of us don't, and we're diverse or whatever. Mm-hmm. There are five of us who are the like quote unquote frontier pinnacle raiders that are there doing the stuff as it's on curve, like as mm-hmm. it's the most hard thing you can do. Um, so yeah, we're doing it five people, and then picking up three randoms. So. But the five of us, we're pretty secure in the knowledge that if something fucks up, it's not us. Because right. we we know each other, we talk to each other, we figure out what the problems are, and get to the point where we're executing on stuff and not making mistakes. And we know it. So it is then for us about finding the three other people who are good enough to be able to get to the kill, right. which is the big dice roll in party finder because it is like there are so many variables of like has has this person if you put up a kill party has this person actually seen enrage before or are they lying because they they want to try and get a kill and get carried through it right has this okay. person is this person so you can't actually engage in a fight unless you've cleared the other fights before it so you kind of have to prove yourself up the tier right right so you can't fight p3 until you've killed p1 and p2 so but you get people that are like, they're clearly not mechanically strong. Did they just get carried through P1 and P2? Or they're doing it, but they're doing it under a different strategy. 
or they're doing it slightly differently than everybody else. So you get into this weird situation, even though there are like you set up macros that have like the mechanics on them and where people are supposed to stand. You do everything that you can, mm-hmm. but like it's just the variability that naturally exists in humanity that makes it difficult, especially in a fight like P3 where it is like, oh yeah, you fucked this up and now everybody's dead. Like it is... But is there... Um, could... Hmm, there, I would assume there's not like one way of beating a fight, right? It's not like a solvable... Like, there is still some RNG involved that you have to react to, right? So, well, no, not really. So the the mechanics are set. Like, you you know what's happening in that full fight. Like, I could could say everything that happens in P3S right now. Right. Like, Like in order order is going to happen and how it's going to happen. Yeah. So, well, they're guaranteed mechanics. There's some variability in the mechanics, but it's not... You can account for that. It's not that hard. Um, The variability comes in, in like... uh, where so because this happens so that the, when the savage tier comes out there's a bunch of people that are obviously just, just trying to clear the fight so a bunch of people come up with different strategies to deal with mechanics mm-hmm. so when you start picking up random people in party finder they've maybe learned it a different way to how you learn it so they are doing things in a different way to how you do them and right. it becomes this kind of like clash of ideas of like yeah yeah that i think you should do it this way and i was going no you shouldn't do it like that and here's why and then that's when you start getting into the pe- the the party finder arguments that happen where people think that you're shit and actually you're not you're just doing it a different way different way yeah and it's yeah the main problem that you get is right this is a hard this is a weird concept to explain but it is okay funny. so in Party Finder, there is a... Or in Clearing Savages and stuff like that, especially when it's this th- these these hard fights, a lot is dependent on DPS, right? It's about sure. how much sure. damage can you do to kill the boss in time. Yep. So, a lot of people in Final Fantasy XIV that think they are very good raiders focus on something called uptime, which is how much time can you get damage on the boss while getting away with doing mechanics. It's specifically for people like melee DPSs. Mm-hmm. So your your monks, your reapers, your dragoons, that sort of thing. They will bend strategies to try and get more uptime mm-hmm. that causes that will lead them into situations that make mechanics harder to pull off. Right. So you will get more uptime, but you are more likely to die. Mm-hmm. People because the mechanic is harder to do when you do it via uptime, whatever it mm. is. Usually, that's how it works. Sure, sure, sure. Um, we, as the five of us that are doing it as experienced raiders, like we've raided in other games, we've raided for years, we know what sure, we're doing. Sure, sure, sure. Know that the important thing is do the mechanic. If you do the mechanic, you can make up for DPS. Like, it yeah. is, as long as nobody dies, you can level it out. But... There are a lot of people in 14 and Party Finder that care about uptime and are like, no, 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 you need uptime at all times. We need to do it thinking about uptime. Is there, and, a, is there a particular reason? Like, do you get better drops if you finish it early or? Nope. Okay. Nope. Mm. The, 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 this is also the great fallacy of 14 is that people care a lot about uptime and killing it quickly. And killing it quickly does not fucking matter right, at okay. all. That was it my is, question. Did okay. you did you kill it or not is the thing that matters. Right. So getting there, doesn't matter how you got there, if you kill it is the thing that matters, which is why mechanics matter more than uptime. Because sure. mechanics are the thing that's going to keep you alive and give you more DPS over the long run. P3 
people think that uptime is important because it gives you more damage during one mechanic in a fight, which is technically true. You do get more DPS that way, but you're putting yourself in such a risk doing it that way that you then die a lot more, cause a lot more pulls to wipe. Like, it is net net negative, in my opinion anyway, for people that focus on uptime rather than just trying to learn the fight and do the mechanics. Sure. Because... Well, and it, and it's easy for me to say, right? Because I play ranged physical, which is a a DPS class that is like it has no cast times, so it's like the most maneuverable class. So I can do my full DPS rotation while moving. Mm-hmm. So I'm the most maneuverable person. So uptime does not matter for me. My uptime is a hundred. I can always do my damage. Yeah, they care about it. The melees care about it because they have to move for mechanics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it is that is a lot of the that is how a lot of people end up thinking in party finder. So when you go into parties and people start trying to do uptime strats, they then like kill pulls and stuff like that and kill parties and like try and do things in weird ways when you're like, can you please just stick to what we told you to do? And then they're like, no, we need to do this for uptime. And it gets worse now because we're at the position where we've cleared fights multiple times. So... Anybody that comes in is like, can we do it this way for uptime? We're like, no, we know you don't need it because we've cleared it multiple times. Mm-hmm. You don't need uptime here. But people are still convinced. It's wild. Part the, the mechanics of trying to clear a fight in Party Finder are so crazy because it is such a dice roll um, the whole time about the kind of people that you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's wild. It's so crazy. Uh, but yeah, we it took forever, but we did get, we get clears in P3. And now... We're learning P4, which is a fight at the end of the tier, which is usually the hardest fight, and it's split into two uh, two parts. So, like, you, you deal 50% damage to the boss, and he does, like, a phase transition, and then there's a whole other part. So it is a longer fight. Oh, um, right. Okay, got you. So that's fun. That's going to be interesting. Um... Yeah, it's just I'm I'm still staggered about the actual ability of the fourteen designers to make fights that are still interesting, interesting after all this time and unique, yeah. and they still have like different mechanics and like really cool ways of pulling it off. It is very much like a lot of mechanics are people moving in specific ways and doing stuff. It is very dance like once it pulls off correctly, where. Everybody's moving in specific ways at specific times and people are doing stuff. It's it's really cool and it is a, a really awesome thing to watch when you pull it off. It's just getting there's a struggle. Getting yeah. there's difficult. Um, well, like watching the I can't remember you said me at some point the the gif of like the movement in a in a yeah. one of the So I sent you I sent you a gif of the the movement heat map in P1S, which is it's fascinating and it's really cool because you I can send you that gift and you can look at it and you can visibly see mechanics happen. Oh totally, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Like you can see um, where there's like AoE attacks happening on the ground and stuff like that. Like you can see people yeah. move out, move back in again and stuff like that. It's like I and yeah, and I can look at that knowing the fight and seeing how the people are moving and being like, Oh, I know what mechanic this is. Like you can mm-hmm. see where it's going and it's really cool. Um yeah, rating in fourteen is always interesting. It's it's a it is a it's a struggle and it is a commitment, but it is worth it because a lot of the fights are really really interesting. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's it takes a lot of time, so that's kind of what I've been doing a lot. Is yeah, that makes sense. We cleared once we cleared P three, we like took a break from Raiden for a bit because it was just like it took so much because P three. It's a big so investment. That, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we just took a break for a bit, but yeah, it's <laughs> been it's been fun. It was it was been really cool. Um, cool. Yeah, that's that that's kind of a lot of what I've been doing is just doing the raiding thing. I think everything else that I've done is something that we've both done. So yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's take a break then, and we'll we'll come back with some with some more stuff um, and a little bit yeah, of news. Sure. Um, do you have some music for us? Yes. Uh, so recently, I was like randomly, I just had YouTube videos on or whatever, and was like clicking through recommends just to see what happened. And I found this YouTube channel of a civil engineer who, an actual civil engineer who plays like construction games mm. um, and explains stuff and like talk, and it was really interesting. And there was videos of him talking about or playing um, Polybridge Two, oh, and yeah, talking yeah. about bridge construction and how bridges are made. And here's what like that. And it was fascinating. And then I forgot I remembered how good the Polybridge soundtrack was. Yeah, it really um, is. So I'm gonna give a track for the Polybridge Two soundtrack mainly because there aren't any new games to give soundtracks for. Um, I mean, there is. You could do something from Marvel, but that's just like no, not if you want. No, song. Yeah, not that's if you want pull down for song. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna play Destinations from the Polybridge Two soundtrack. Um, cool. By Adrian Talons, who's fantastic. Yes. Um, okay, uh, check the link for post, but you can pick that up, and we'll be back with some more just after this. Destination from the Polybridge 2 soundtrack by Adrian Talons. Um, I wish I could have brought something from the Ian Walker soundtrack, but it's not out yet, so I can't do it really? yet. Uh, but I will bring it. Yeah, they released their soundtracks way later, but huh. I will um, I will bring it as soon as I can because there are numerous songs on that that I want to be able to play. There's some, so, yeah, the things I've heard are real, real good tracks on that. Soundtrack. Yeah. Um, uh, so, th- so there's the stuff that we both played. Yeah. Um, which I think we can very quickly get Windjammers 2 out of the way in that the most positive thing we can say about Windjammers 2 is that it's more Windjammers and it works. Yep. And it's pretty it's, good. It's more Windjammers. They turned it into a fighting game and it's great. Like that's... Yeah. It's and it, it works good. over the internet like officially yep. as opposed to the weird yep. hacks you had to do for emulation. Yes. But yeah, it actually works. Um, and it's very a game pass. So like there's no excuse for you not to try it yeah. at this point. Um. But I think the big thing we can talk about then is uh, Guardians, right? Because have you finished yeah. it yet? No. Nope. Okay. I've not managed to be able to finish okay, it yet. Cool. That's uh, fine. Because it's is both longer than I expected, and I just haven't had time yeah. to it's sit down and finish. Way it. longer. Like that game, and feels like it's ending about three times. It does like a real Lord of the Rings thing, where it feels like, oh, this is the yeah. final bit. And they're like, nope, here's a whole new planet. I'm like, okay, fine. Um, that game is really good. Yes, that game's like, very good. Really good. It is yeah. a 
it, it, yeah, it's like a God. It's kind of it's it's also weirdly hard to describe, right? Because it's it's kind of a it's a linear action game with like with uh like I don't want to say Devil May style combat, Devil May Cry style combat, but like no, I don't even, it's, it's what do you very, even call it's that? Very, well, it, it is character action, I guess, but it is not the big combos flashy thing of like your Devil May Cry and your Bayonetta or something like that. Yeah. It's a lot more It's a lot more it's a lot more like squad orientated and like you're not the one doing a lot of the damage. It's about yeah. coordinating and like other the other guardians doing it. And it's about um, like comboing uh uh abilities is a big part of it. Which Yeah, it's 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 kind of it takes a little bit of a cue from of all things Final Fantasy thirteen where it's like Sure. A yeah, stagger, okay. yeah. A, a stagger gauge that then once they're full on stagger, they take extra damage. So what you you want to build their stagger to then do the damage to kill them. Yeah. Um, and then you pair that with a telltale style. Gamora will remember that style. Um, yeah, like narrative. they spend a lot more of that game just in cutscenes and letting you talk to people than the actual gameplay bit. It's yeah. Like really really long scenes of cutscenes and stuff like that it's yep. bizarre uh, it's really well put together though like it's it's way better than it feels like it should it be has, than it feels like it should be even though you're saying it's from even though it's been said it's from like the DSX developers who are yeah. great and stuff like that like it's still not the sort of thing like randomly when they say they're making a Guardians of the Galaxy game you don't expect this like it's yeah. not because again, the last time there was a Marvel game, it was Avengers, and that didn't go great. It, but... It's the first Marvel game I think I've played where it feels like there's some heart in it. Like, like when yeah. I like yeah, when yeah, we yeah. played the, the beta for like Avengers, and I mean the Spider Man stuff kind of on the side because that's its own kind yeah, of thing. True. Yeah. But like the 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 mainline Marvel games have been kind of yeah, kind of like missing some soul almost. But like this game is just like all heart. Like it is, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard not to do that with the guardians, yes. who are all about like big personality characters and like them all interacting together. So it's hard not to have that. It would be way worse if that game hadn't had the strength of writing and acting that it does. Yes, for sure. Like it, it would not, it would not have the heart, and it would not work as well as it does if it did not have an amazing voice cast reading a really good script. Yep, and. Uh, done in a really good way like acted out in a really good way um yes and like yeah it's great it's really really good yeah and it's and it is it is, it is telling a story and it does it, it's telling a good story as well and like i'm interested for you to get to the end of it because there's a bunch of questions i have about yeah its relationship into like the marvel universe because so it's because they're, they're doing because they're doing a thing because the thing with a lot of of, of marvel games since like the MCU has become a thing is like okay is this Marvel game an MCU game or is it an original source material like comic game and it feels like the it feels like Guardians has taken kind of both or like the best bits of both like it feels like the the a lot of the narrative stuff has come from like comic book Guardians but like aesthetic and style yeah. has come from like the James Gunn movies yeah yeah, yeah. that's it's, that's that's very true yeah it's it's very much the the comic version of those characters. Yes. Um, especially, especially even with the character designs and stuff like that, it's yeah. a lot more comic. Like, uh, Gamora in the armor yes. is 
very comic book. Like that's her. That mm-hmm. is what she wore in like the like twenty tens or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, but yeah, they're taking the kind of like bombast eighties styling and stuff like that. That. Uh, the James Gunn movies did, which was which was cool because it gave those movies like character and stuff. Which was like that, yeah, it was the good, it was the really like good part of those movies. It makes sense for them to yeah. take that stuff, and especially because the original the original comics were, I mean, until the comic, as far as I know, until the comics got rebooted slightly, like like all of the eighties style stuff was like seventies stuff before, right? It was like yeah, so the, like the a generation Guardian behind. Stuff, yeah, the Guardian stuff was like old school stuff until yeah. it got rebooted, and like the. Mm-hmm. Or early two thousands, yeah. Um, when it became Peter Quill became a lot cooler, and like there yep. was a lot of different stuff that 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 happened. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's really cool. They, they've done they've done the, the you're, I think you're right in saying they've take, they've taken the best parts of both and kind of stuck it together because yep. it's not it's not movie Peter Quill and it's not movie Gamora and stuff yes, like that. Like it's sure. not the movie versions of those characters because like it's a lot more. The Peter Quill in the game is a lot more like the Peter Quill in the comic, who is a yeah, he's like brash and he's cocky and stuff like that. But when you bury into it, he's a bit naive and a bit dumb. Oh, for sure, and a yeah. bit because he is this like fish out of water, like kid from Earth in this huge space sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and Gamora's a lot more like intelligent assassin type, as opposed to what she was in the movie, where she was just kind of like a, a brooding, like tough person. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a really really good idea, and it is it's written so well. It's it's just the 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 general writing of the thing is very funny. It's, yeah. it's got the right tone for Guardians, which is everybody kind of shit talking each other, but yeah. it is done at heart, and nobody ever really stops either. Like it is constant, even in other even in situations where it's like a story. Mm-hmm. beat or like a tense moment or something like that they are still throwing jabs at each other it's yeah. still the the guardian interaction that you want yeah um like and it is, they 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 strike the balance really well like they're still telling the story in a really good and effective way while yeah. letting the guardians do the guardians thing which like, is it's, definitely, it's a very good balance i definitely had friends that that were talking to me about it because I knew a bunch of people that started at the same time. And like, there are definitely, I can definitely see the the opinion that I've seen a couple of people have, which is like, like it's constant, there's constant banter happening. Like yeah, it, yeah, all yeah. of the time. And especially when it's, um, so there's, there's a couple of sections in there that actually like, even playing on normal, like the combat felt like I, it, there were some really difficult sections in that game, actually. Like I died a yeah. lot in some sections of that game. And the the banter is kind of always the same at that point so it does start to wear on you a little bit especially because it is that constant for like a 15 hour game like it does really go but there's a like there's basically no repeat stuff really like there's a couple of repeat things for like i've heard a couple yeah but but like it's mainly like it's mainly like the barks for like hey my abilities cooled down like that kind of stuff yeah but like in terms of they're always banned they're always talking about the thing that's actively happening um and even stuff like even the the kind of generic game stuff where like you go off the main line to go get extra components and stuff like that like from a secret yeah. area that's quite obvious like somebody will always call out call on Quill and be like hey that's not the way and they'll always have something to say and I didn't get a lot of repeats there either like they've really yeah, yeah. Th- there's they've so much dialogue in this writing. game it's yeah. unbelievable and there's entire side but- stuff that I think you can just miss right like 
the 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 one I realized for me was when um trying to do this without talking about story, but like the first time you go to nowhere. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. There's a section where you can walk into a bar that felt like it was off of the main line. Like I don't know if that's forced in, and there's like a there's like a musical number. Oh, I didn't get that. So yeah, that's yeah. Did you did you at any point have Peter Quill sing in response to somebody no. else singing? Okay, no. so well, that's what I'm saying. Yes, yes, but not in a bar in nowhere. Okay, I've had it in a different bit. Oh, and so I've missed that one then. But the, for me, this was a bar in nowhere. Um. If I say the word lipless to you, does that mean anything? No. Okay. Well, then, yeah. No, in terms of, okay, then yeah. So there are op- there are big optional, really funny fucking bits of this game that are kind of off to the side and you could totally miss. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's just, it's just really solidly put together. It's just fun. Like the combat is actually, especially once more stuff unlocks, like it is actually, you have to think about it more than I thought you would. Because when you start doing the combat, it does feel kind of one note about like okay everyone's got like an ability and you can like it's quite obvious like this changes to this and this changes to this but once everyone it's, unlocks yeah. everything like there is definitely some like okay this person is weak against this thing and you can use this to like get get the stagger um, like, really double down the stagger stuff the the combat is fine it's like it's serviceable and it works like yeah. i don't think it's particularly great yeah it has a lot of problems of like because you do, you, you just don't do the damage. It feels like a lot of like waiting for cooldowns mm. and doing a lot of dodging, mm. which is fine. But their dodge mechanic isn't great. It's a yeah. bit clunky. Um, it's, it's yeah. It, it's like it's like fine. It's serviceable. It's not the thing you want to play yeah. that game for. It's and I don't think I don't think the games. I I think I mean this is very much a me thing. But like I think if that combat was any more complex, like I don't think I would have got as much out of it. Like I'm in there for the. To see where that story goes and see these characters the and do and all that story, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what you want to play that game. Yeah, for. exactly. And that I think it should probably be the focus for 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 what that is. Um, yeah, absolutely. And the yeah, did... pro- so the other problem I had with that game, which to go back on what you were talking about yeah. before, there is a there is a lot of chatter yes. in that game, which I'm fine with because a mm-hmm. lot of it is entertaining and fine. But there's so much chatter, it gets in the way of each other sometimes. Yes, it does. Where it you get there's a lot of cut off dialogue in that game yes. that I get where people stop halfway through sentences stuff like that, and it is it's annoying because I want to hear it it's yeah. good and it's well acted and it's funny and it's well written but it just stops and it it's it's really annoying that they don't like do the thing that other games do where it's like if a cutscene happens they like pick it up afterwards or like something yes. else that like continues it on like um, it continues to show that like those systems are more complicated than you think they are because if they were oh, if they were course. easy yeah, like everyone would have just done them at this point like god of war was so yeah. good at that that it feels like well that's one of those things it's like oh everyone should just do this now now that they've proven that it can happen but it must be very very complicated to actually pull that off but yeah like you you do get a lot of cut off dialogue stuff and they do at least a decent job of like prioritizing where like if it's just like side stuff it will get cut off by more important dialogue like 90 yeah, yeah, percent yeah. of the time but it does cut off and it's it, it's yeah it's a difficult thing to do for sure but the, between between that and the the combat it's 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 minor complaints like yeah. for what that thing is it was the also rest of it is so good yeah it's, like also like minor complaints like it was weirdly buggy for me at points like i oh yeah i had i have a bunch of like graphical glitches and stuff like that it oh was, so i didn't yeah. i didn't so much have graphical glitches i had like um like triggers not firing for story stuff i had um 
like sections where you're supposed to like shimmy through gaps, like not be shimmyable until you reloaded a checkpoint and stuff like that. Like I, I had weird UI stuff as well where like Sure, okay. There was a weird weird one that like I cannot explain how it happened, but stuff like when you got a pop up on the screen that was like, Hey, you've picked off components, it wouldn't go away unless you stood still for like four seconds. Oh, and then weird. it would go. It was like weird stuff that doesn't make sense in like logic in any way, but like stuff like that. But like none of it really got in the road, and like the checkpoints are frequent enough where like I didn't lose any progress. Really, I just reloaded a checkpoint. But there was one section where I was running around this area for like a good ten minutes, going, "Where the fuck am I supposed to go here?" And it's yeah, because yeah, it was yeah, a, yeah. It's because there was a shimmy trigger that wasn't activating, and I reloaded this thing, and it immediately kicked off. So, um, stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's a really good. It's really good. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I am really interested in to ask you a bunch of questions when this is done because as somebody yeah, who has yeah, yeah. like only like vague MCU level knowledge of the Marvel Universe, there's a bunch of characters <laughs> in there I have never heard of and yeah, seem so like was, big that, deals. That was um, what I was going to say. They, they, they do a lot of... Uh, if you if you know more than like the MCU stuff, like if you know the comic books and stuff like that, they do a lot of being like hey, do you remember this guy? Hey, we're going to talk about this guy now. Do you yeah. know this? Do you know this? And it is a lot of bizarre pulls that mm-hmm. are like, sure, like, sure, like, I guess that that's the thing. Like, there's some of them that are obvious. Like, I I, I expect, like I said to you, like, I once it hit a certain point, Yeah, I was like, okay, I kind of see where this is going. And yeah. I like it. I understand what they're doing. It's fine. But, even within that, they are doing other weirder stuff that is different. So there's uh, there's a specific moment near the end of the game that I want to ask because it feels like it feels like it felt like it was a moment where I'm supposed to go, oh, okay, and I right, have no okay, idea what the fuck sure. was happening. Um, right, sure, okay, but uh, yeah, so yeah, we'll I'll, we'll talk about that when it's done. But like yeah. even stuff like that, you can visit the the collectors museum yeah the collector's like that's filled with stuff. in nowhere yeah. and that is just like yo that's the tesseract and like yeah the, the, a bunch of stuff references and they're really cool stuff and like it definitely like, again it feels like it's been built by some people who really enjoyed building it and it's a it, there's a lot oh, of soul yeah. to yeah, it yeah, yeah. like and people who like understand the source material in a way that it feels like games like this have not have not done before like it feels yeah. like they're really like hey do you remember this really weird one-note character from the 60s? How about we just put them in here as a weird reference? Um, yeah, there's like a that. lot There's a lot of that. that yeah. it's been, there's like specific moments that I can think of where they just start listing off bunches of characters being like, Jesus, that's that's a weird one to pick yeah. of that you're going to put this here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it does, it, it's, it's cool, yeah. And it does um, scale really well too. I think there's a lot of like physically big things happening a lot of the time in that game like just the scale of everything is super huge at points and I, I, graphically i think it works really well like i was i was playing on pc and like had everything cranked up and it was like it looks really nice at points like even the first yeah, planet really is like game. there's a there's a design it'd be very easy to make it look like again it'd be very easy to make it look like a bunch of stuff from the mcu but like the nature of Guardians has always been like we're going to show you a bunch of stuff that isn't because of the nature of what they do and like because they're on like the outer rims and stuff like that the stuff that isn't really 
mentioned yeah. in a lot of their stuff like they can just go buck wild with some of those designs and like mm-hmm. yeah, some creature sure. designs it's just weird shit that just looks really cool and i really like a lot of stuff they've done in it um but yeah and it's it's like a good solid 15 hours and like i definitely like it was the game i was like cool i am done with everything for the day i'm going to go back to guardians like that is the thing i am yeah. coming back yeah, to yeah. over and over again which there's been a, a couple of games recently like i like i think Deathloop was one of the big ones for me which was like i don't feel like i want to go back to this right like it, t- it takes me some like um i have to like pluck up some energy to go back into Deathloop, and this is like this is so easy to get into and, yeah it's it, yeah yeah um there's a, a a couple of really like super heartfelt moments like there, there's a scene in there again once you're finished but like there's a scene in there that's like you've seen this scene done hundreds of times in like movies and games but this one yeah. felt yeah really like it felt really well done. It felt like a different... It, it felt genuine, I, again, in a way a lot of these things are not. Um, and yeah, like it made me feel a lot better that the Eidos Montreal team are not... If they're not going to be allowed to make an Deus Ex game, like, cool, make cool stuff like they this. They can still Fine. make good stuff, yeah. Excellent. Um, oh my yeah. god, the... the, the... The use of music in that game as well yeah. is Oh totally. Yeah. Yeah, they do the they, they they're obviously doing the Guardians things. So they're leaning a lot on like eighties hits and like mm-hmm. really famous stuff and but stuff like the huddle mechanic is yep. uh-huh. so effective, even though you you know exactly what they're doing and why it works, it yep. still just works really well. And that's but and that's one of the key- do that huddle, everybody gets really hype and then fucking like Pat Benatar starts playing and it I, it just works it's just really good for me it's even better when that happens when so th- there's another mechanic which is like again it pulls together like enough stuff from the movies and obviously just like the core of who these pe- people are as a character right where quill yeah, yeah, yeah. literally calls them into a huddle and they all say like the state of how the fight is going and then you have to listen to what they've said and then take what they've said and turn it into a rousing speech and again like yeah, yeah, yeah. i didn't get a duplicate of those at any point no i've not either yeah and um and then yeah and if you do it successfully you get like a a health and damage buff and it kicks on one of the sounds like licensed songs from the soundtrack so for me it was even better actually when you get this like rousing stuff and it like crescendos as the 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 fight kicks back in and then it just plays like um uh like never gonna give you up like something super like not intense and i was like yeah okay it's great it still works, yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. But it's like a different thing. And like the 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 original music they've made for it, like from the band Star Lord, is genuinely really good yeah. and is yep. like stylistically it is great. on point. It is great fake hair metal. It's yep. it's totally fantastic. Yeah, it's really well done. But yeah, it's it's a really yeah, it's a solid game. And that when I yeah, saw really that good. thing yeah. shown off, I was like, I am super worried about it and I've I don't think I've been more wrong about a game in a while. Like biggest surprise yep. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. Yeah, I think that's everything I've got here. Yeah. Um. We should talk about some news. Um. Some. I mean, there is kind of only really one story that has been. I remember. I remember coming in and being like, "It's it's cool that we're not doing a podcast in January because like nothing happens in January anyway." And then Oops. the the biggest video game acquisition in the world ever, fifth no. biggest act. I think it's the fifth biggest acquisition. Of anything ever in in like entertainment ever, but yeah, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard for sixty eight point seven billion dollars. 
Yeah. Which is wild in like 17 different ways. It's so crazy. Yeah. Because um, I remember, I remember watching it happen in real time when the first tweet started happening about like, yeah, this is, this is about to hit. Like people should be, and then the number started hitting and then exactly what the scope of it was and all this kind of stuff. But yeah. So like, yeah, Microsoft have been acquiring studios for a while now um, of varying sizes like a lot of, like obviously like the purchase of double fine was cool it was like oh that's a weird studio for them to get but that's cool and then it was like how about we buy bethesda and we just buy skyrim because yeah. why not and then this so they have bought all of abk so they've bought activision they bought blizzard and king which are all three parts of that company so that is like and again if you were to go like 10 years ago maybe not 10 years god 10 years ago was it's 2012, 2012, which yeah. is not that long ago. Fuck. Um, wow. Yeah. If you, if you back, years in fact. But yeah. But if you go like five years ago, like they would have bought in one fell swoop Call of Duty, World of Warcraft and Candy Crush. Right. Like three of the biggest yes. things in the world. Yep. Yeah, the, and back then, even like even like Starcraft was still pretty and Starcraft, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and Overwatch and like all that stuff. Yeah. But, like yeah. When, when everyone was on, on a high, right. And like the world has changed since then. Like Call of Duty is just not doing what it did. Yeah, I assume King is still printing money because otherwise they would have disappeared. I, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know why anybody else would want to buy them other than yeah. if they still print money with Candy Crush. Yeah, and Blizzard's been kind of just been unable to ship a game for a while right oh i mean this blizzard's just been going slowly down the toilet for years now like they've yeah. just been circling the drain i don't know the yeah like they're all all of their all of their products have just been waning in popularity and yep. all the shit that's come out about how bad a company they are it's like yeah so like, like world, of, world of warcraft's dying people barely play overwatch anymore people fucking hate diablo like it's yeah it's so a lot there i, th- I think we'd, it would be remiss about mentioning like it is I, I, as much as as much as they themselves don't want to talk, well, obviously they don't want to talk about it, but they they don't want to. Yeah. Microsoft anyway don't particularly want to. I don't think want to bring this up, but I don't think this happens without the state of Activision Blizzard right now. Like in terms of like being sued by the California state of California, yeah. all of the yeah. accusations, the Raven software uh, walkout and strike. You think you think that they've been brought low enough to be able to I think, snap up? I think this opens up the door to be like... Well, because it serves a lot of purposes. So I, again, I, I a lot of this I've I, I've taken from listening to a bunch of other people talk about this. And I will say as well, yeah, like, of course, yeah. if you want to talk about a lot of the more US-specific stuff, also about like why this might not go through at all because of a changeover in the FTC in the US where they're like yeah. they just got a new FTC head who is actually gives a shit about antitrust and the rules are changing and the fact that they may have rules so there's a good chance that this might actually not happen but it's still a so yeah anyway the Waypoint guys talked very well about this and they have inside knowledge and they've interviewed some people and all that kind of stuff I would heartily recommend going listen to them talk about it so I'm going to summarise some yeah. of that but basically, like, this acquisition solves a lot of problems for Activision right now, where it solves, not solves, it, it blunts the Raven stuff pretty well, because now they're like, 
well, we're not going to... So for, for people who missed that, because again, this all happened while we've been away, but like Raven Software, specifically the QA department of Raven Software, who are the support studio for Call of Duty, specifically, I think Warzone yeah. is their, their remit, um, walked out because a bunch of them were promised pay rises and full-time jobs and instead what happened was a bunch of them were fired um and all of raven qa walks out and i've been striking for at least a month now maybe a little bit longer they have a strike fund that is being um crowdfunded where they're there able enabling to pay people and continue to have them walk out um which is a big deal right like that is a a big high stu- a high level studio having staff actively walk out for yeah. a long time yeah. And then actively talking about unionizing and having, they've all, all, so basically the timeline happened where like they walked out about a month later, I think it was last week sometime or two weeks ago, as when you're hearing this, um, they, all of Raven QA decided they were unionizing. They all voted to unionize. They asked um, Activision to, or they asked Raven to accept the unionization. And then last week, Raven said, no, how about, we open up the unionization to the entire, all of Raven, yeah. which sounds good, but is a well-known tactic for disabling unionization in a legal way, yep. because now yep. suddenly rather than the, I think it's like 40 people in Raven QA, it's now 300. You've got more yeah. opinions, more, it's much more difficult to get it done like that. So it kind of nerfs some of the unionization effort there as well. But also the Activision, uh, the the Microsoft uh, acquisition, kind of does another thing to that, which is like, okay, you're now dealing with. Until this deal goes through, you're kind of in this limbo state of like, okay, who's our boss? Who's going to accept yeah. this? Right? Like, I, and I, I, this is where the, like legal side of this, I don't know. Like, does the change of handle, does the handover, legally change who's responsible for administering that? I have no idea, but it does put a stumbling block in this. And it is kind of difficult to keep up the momentum of like, look how shitty these people are. Look how shitty Activision has treated us. Like, this is a good, this is a thing that we should do to protect ourselves. Now you're being handed over to Microsoft, who are at least on the face much more. They have a much better image than Activision does. So yeah, maybe that right now, especially yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that whole stuff, and then like yeah, like. The lawsuit and, act- and all that kind of stuff, and specifically Kotick being a prick, like yep. they, I I tend to agree with the thinking that all of this combined has pushed Activision or ABK specifically into a position where they're like, this is the lowest value you could possibly grab them, and I I I if I was to take a guess as to who reached out to who, I imagine the Activision board probably reached out to a few people and were like. Now would be the time if you want to come in, um, yeah. and Microsoft came in and like sixty nine billion dollars is a lot of fucking money for yeah. a lot of properties that are potential but not really solid the, the, at the minute. The names, yeah, the names probably still hold a lot of cachet, but they they are currently now they they are in the worst state they have ever been in. Yeah, like yeah. Even even just specifically talking about like World of Warcraft, for example, that oh, yeah, used totally. to be print money or whatever is now in such a dire state yeah. that it's like the name World of Warcraft is now in not the best light. Yes, yeah. and I yeah. mean, I mean, Call of Duty has not been the biggest thing for a while, but like even over the past 
year and a bit like warzone has been paying the bills for a while and then they had to delay a bunch of stuff because they just weren't getting it done like covid is a factor but like it's not getting there their player base is super unhappy because it's full of bugs and cheaters yeah after their qa department walked out and you're like um like again call of duty is not in the the biggest space overwatch 2 basically doesn't exist right now it's not a real game yeah it's not a real diablo 4 is kind of in the wind somewhere all of that kind of stuff like it does it it is interesting what they're buying right and then for sure yeah and then you turn to the other part of this which is like game pass right like yeah i i think the thing to take away from this from for for me anyway the thing to take away from this is that this comes under the group of a bunch of like tech acquisitions and tech companies where it seems like a very customer positive thing right because like if you have if you have game pass give it a year and a half once this deal goes through you might have call of duty for free or not for free but as part of game pass you might have game pass yeah how much warcraft like maybe all of world of warcraft on game pass for free so yeah the the the, it's a weird discussion for world of warcraft right because you could offer world of warcraft on game pass but then make people still pay their sub or like what does that offer it yeah does it offer it where the sub becomes part of your game pass subscription in which case that's kind of fucking insane and you're buying expansions maybe or or something or or something or they just give it to you all like they they get to the they get to the point where they're so scared for the state of world of warcraft that they give you everything and the sub as part of your game pass and again take that into account take both warcraft nuts yeah Yeah. and then take warcraft and college into account of the thing we said earlier which is like game pass changes the expectations for what video games are right if you're not paying yeah, yeah, yeah. 60 quid for a call of duty do you expect a campaign anymore probably not do you expect a, a campaign of the same bombast as they always have been probably not does world of War- how often does world of warcraft do updates anymore like is it does it become every three months and they're tiny does it become every year and they're larger like it yeah who it knows changes sense. it changes the expectations for what you're going to get right is Diablo 4 even going to have a, a campaign? Does it roll out the campaign over the course of a couple of years because you're not buying $60 I mean, worth of like, stuff, right? Like, Diablo is different because it, it can't not. There is no other game for Diablo if it doesn't have a campaign. Like, that's what it is. But what, I'm saying, what Diablo but, is. but what I'm saying is it comes out in chapters, right? Oh, yeah, you could do, like, Act 1, Act 2, Act like 3. If that's always how Diablo has been, yeah. Yeah, like, if you don't have to justify 60 quid out the gate, here's act one and then four months later here's act two right like it changes the structure of how video games work because you're in this subscription um but yeah so like short term this seems like a good thing for most consumers in the same way that like it's difficult when you're talking to people outside of tech completely or who don't follow a lot of this stuff it's hard to go to people sometimes and say like yo amazon is a dangerous fucking company right because you can get, yeah, of course, yeah. Because you can get a pasta, you can get a pasta machine tomorrow for not much money. Why is that a bad thing, right? Like that's the thing you're fighting against, right? It's a very customer positive thing that they sure, that they have. Yeah. But the more power Microsoft get, as they are definitely getting, right? The amount of IPs that they have complete control of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have control of Windows. And they have control of the Xbox ecosystem. 
and unlimited money because they run fucking Windows and Office, like, Game Pass becomes a very powerful thing, right? That they that they have a lot of sway about the direction of the of the industry. Like, do people start making games for Game Pass where you're not investing sixty quid, right? You're not yeah, making more yeah. traditional games. I mean, this was the thing with um, with Game Pass originally, and also like Epic and stuff like that when they started appearing, where they were giving away games for free. Where it was like, oh, you would give away the game for free, and then you'd be very expansion pack focused, and they're the things you buy. Right? Is that the way Game Pass goes? Is that way people start sure. designing yeah, yeah. games to be consumed like that? Um, and then yeah, you turn to the other bit. Like Nintendo are off on their own. We're kind of not considering them in this conversation because they're basically their own. Market. Yeah, like they don't give world. a shit about yeah. any of this. No, but, like, they don't care exactly. But you look at like PlayStation, right? And you're like, okay, what do PlayStation do in this scenario? Do they do a Game Pass thing? Well, they are. Yeah, the reports are that they are working on a Game Pass thing, but it's not going to be this, right? Like, PlayStation don't have the same level of... um... No, that that is true, but the the counter to that, right, is that Microsoft have a good Game Pass offering because they've went and bought a bunch of studios. Sony have also done that and have the benefit of... They have a lot of, like, exclusives. They have, like, Last of Us and, like, Ratchet of Clank and Uncharted and all these things that are... But that's the thing, like, Microsoft's... The, the, yeah but you sony have a different this is kind of partially my opinion but partially from from other people sony have a different level of sony first party stuff are of a different breed than xbox first party, yeah for sure right? no yeah it's totally so, different yeah, yeah so like how do you do like do, does an uncharted 5 um, that's a bad example but like a, a game of the equivalent of like a last of us or an uncharted or a spider-man or a like that kind of like heavily like insanely high quality polished narrative focused single player game yeah can you justify that kind of investment in a world where rather than people than millions of people buying 60 quid worth of game three million people are spending a tenner a month right like is it the same level of investment is it the same game right when you can't just when you're not trying to fill out 60 dollars worth of content you're you've got a different model right also like so playstation's big thing have been like yeah we make these hollywood cinematic bombastic things does that fit in a, in a game pass model interesting to know um so yeah like it makes sense for them to go down that road but they just i don't think they can compete in the same thing and again like you, we don't know what the terms of terms of detail are for game pass but you can be sure that if playstation come out with their game pass like those will be changed pretty quick to be like you choose one of these things and fuck you yeah 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 and i would also say to people who are who are who are not as worried about this as they are think about back when xbox were in charge right when xbox when the 360 was the console right think about when they were the leader in the market the ter- the 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 terms they could write for like xbox live games right where it was like you get one slot you don't appear in playstation for a year you maybe don't appear ever like they were they were writing the rules of the game right very easily if game pass does become the largest thing in the world and they wield all of this power on all these studios 
I think you're an idiot if you don't think they're going to start flexing those muscles, right? The only reason that oh, Xbox, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Phil Spencer has done a lot for for that company in terms of like customer, like their their PR and their like attitudes or their perceived attitudes. But like, there is no way in hell if they if Game Pass suddenly becomes the thing and the 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 balance of power flips again, like, hey, Game Pass isn't going to be seven ninety nine seven ninety nine a month forever oh god no right like if they can start printing money they're going to start printing money right that's how this is going to go so this is the reason you don't want one company to own everything because if they own everything they dictate everything and it's fucked right it is a bad idea um even though in the the whole antitrust anti-monopoly exactly going back to the it is a short term but as a short-term thing you know it is and again like this is coming directly from the waypoint guys but it's a very very prescient point right they are already coming out and ahead of a lot of this antitrust stuff with like oh but microsoft is only the third biggest um company out there right like in terms of games in games specifically right if you include tech like microsoft are huge right but in games they're the third biggest games company so like of course it can't be antitrust right because we're third you're like yeah, but yeah. Like, well, no. so the other the other thing that I heard, um, I can't remember where I heard this from, so I can't give credit, which sucks. But um, the antitrust stuff in America, a lot of the focus when they're dealing with that sort of stuff is consumer based. Yes, where it is, like, what if if this were to go through, how does it affect the consumer? Yes. So a lot of the focus then becomes, okay, if you're allowed to merge, will X become more expensive than the consumer? Yes. And Microsoft have a really easy fallback on that we'll say, and by saying, well, no, it'll be cheaper because it'll all be on Game Pass and that's yeah. only $10 a month. Like, that, that was one a, of the... It's a defense that they have inbuilt into their merger. So that, it, I don't know if it works or not because I don't know enough about antitrust law, but so it, it is a really clean way of being able to come ahead of that stuff. Yeah, so the Waypoint guys did a bit, a bit of history on, on antitrust stuff. Again, this is US stuff, so we don't know it, and also, like, not yeah. a lot of people know this anyway, but, like, when antitrust get gutted, I think it was the Reagan administration, like, basically gutted um, antitrust stuff, um, the focus became... Like you say, the focus became as long as the prices don't go up for consumers, we don't give a shit. Like that was yeah, the, that yeah, was yeah. the entire thing. Um, which, if you're Amazon, which is why you end up with this thing of like a very customer positive but evil tech company, right? Where you end up with something yeah. like Amazon, which is like I can buy anything I want for dirt cheap and get it tomorrow. That is a customer positive thing. I can get groceries from the same company, and also this company sells high grade uh, web infrastructure for nothing. Like, it's all customer positive stuff. It's malicious and evil and fucking terrifying. But as far as the customer's concerned, it's fine. But it's, it's consumer facing, or it's consumer. Exactly. But the consumer, po- the so, consumer is positive, right? Until they're not. Um, so that, that a lot of that gets past the antitrust stuff because it's like, well, the prices haven't gone up, so it's fine. This change in. Um, there's, there's two things that make this slightly different. One is the, the changeover in the FTC, where the. Yeah. I, I wish I could remember the name of the. the the person they've got coming in, but she is, she comes from, I'm pretty sure she comes from academia and has done like multiple studies on Amazon as a thing that should be broken up. Right. Like that is her right, thing. Okay, yeah. So like she understands the, the lay of the land in terms of what stuff looks like in 2022. So it makes a lot of sense that some of this is going to change pretty, pretty soon. 
also it's Microsoft who are the reason that antitrust exists, kind of, right? Uh, yeah, true. Like, if you go back to, like, the Internet Explorer stuff, like, they are the reason that, like, they got pulled through the shitter, quite rightly, got pulled through the shitter for the Internet Explorer stuff and have been terrified to do anything in this realm for a long time because they were the... Fo- and it, it, it kept a lot of other companies in line because they saw what happened to Microsoft. Yeah, because sure. of the because of the change of focus of like what consumers actually want, a lot that's been relaxed. But like, I would imagine Microsoft are going to be pretty wary about going through that again. Like, they do not want this on their record again, right? So there's some maybe some hesitation in there, but like, it's a lot of money, it's a lot of power, um, and then on top of that, like, this does, like I say, this does kind of blunt a lot of the stuff that happened, like the the accusations of. That have been placed against Activision Blizzard. Um, a lot of that stuff d- not get swept under the rug, but loses the momentum that it did because, like, this is now the thing that is hanging over everyone. Of like, okay, things are going to get better in a year when this deal goes through, right? Because it's Microsoft. Like, we have no idea. And also, all those people now have to work there for a year without anything happening. And I don't know how that works in terms of like, it's like I don't have the no- the legal knowledge about like. If I have a workplace dispute as a Activision employee, do I go to Activision heads? Do I go to Microsoft? Like, who do I talk to, right? While this deal is yeah, yeah, happening. Yeah. And the other thing that happens, um, which is happening in UK politics at this point as well, but it's very true, where like, as this deal is going through, as far as I can tell, you're not allowed to talk about some stuff that's going to happen after the deal because it affects stock prices affects a bunch of other stuff about the deal so you can't actually talk about a lot of stuff that happens internally so the big question on a lot of people's lips is like does Kotick survive the deal and like my inkling is no but they can't say anything from now until the deal goes through because that would affect perceptions of the deal so legally they're not allowed to talk about who's in who's out like hiring and firing is just not a thing they can talk about until it's all done so he is going to be in charge until June next year when this deal goes through. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Which makes a lot of people super fucking unhappy because he's a pr- massive yeah, cunt, he's a, right? Yeah, like, he's the worst. He is the worst. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's a, it's an interesting thing for sure. And like, it's it's huge, right? It, it's kind of difficult to underestimate how, how big a deal this is. Not just in terms of money, but in terms of like what this means for the future of of the industry what this means for like customer perception of games like all this all this kind of stuff and especially in a world where like uh like netflix is having issues right now right the the poster child for subscription services is in real financial distress right now so like you have to you can't just say like yeah subscription services is the way forward because netflix is falling apart right it's yeah you need to handle this carefully in a way that actually does keep people there and it like for me it is like i mean on top of like just the human cost of like all of these all of these studios now report to to microsoft all these things are now theoretically under the same rules and regulations which depending on who you talk to inside microsoft are either great or terrible depending on which department you work on like all of this kind of stuff like on top of all of that it does worry me a bit about what the directions of video games how direction of video games go and I think, like, a lot of the... Especially if you, t- if you listen to, like, the more business commentator side of this, like, sure, yeah. it is a lot about, like, oh, what does this mean for for um, 
balance of power and all this kind of stuff. But like, if you're actually into games, like the last three, four, five years, like indie and AA development has come leaps and bounds, right? Like a lot. Of course, yeah. You look at our top fives and personal. Top I was going to say you can look at you can look at our game of the year, and I think for the last like two or three years, like our like top games have all been like from smaller yeah videos they're not yeah so so if you want to make really wild predictions some stuff that's going to happen i would guess if this goes through is stuff like i it makes a lot of sense for the um steam, steam is kind of a mess right if you're on pc like in terms oh, of disco- yeah. in, in terms of discoverability it's yeah. like what 300 games a day i think was the last number i saw Something like, like that, insane yeah. numbers of games right and you have to go through other methods to get your game out there. And the way that Xbox are doing Game Pass right now, it's like, hey, here's this week's games, right? Like, yeah, it does yeah, get yeah. you in front of a lot of eyes, right? And it's easy to pick up. So, and based on reporting, or based on what people have said, like, the terms of the deal at the time of writing apparently are pretty great. Like, if, you, if you're a developer want to get in Game Pass, like, apparently it's not like... It's not like the Epic stuff where you're like, you got pins. Like, apparently that's where Xbox are spending their money is on Game Pass acquisitions and paying out to developers, right? So you probably do want to get on Game Pass. So does Steam make a move to be like, we should actually try and solve our discoverability problem to compete? What does play- what what does PlayStation do in this scenario, right? Do they yeah, double yeah. down? Like, there's a world in which PlayStation double down and go, yeah, if you want, like shitty games over there that are designed to like take money off you because you're getting it all for quote-unquote free like hey we've got uncharted we've got spider-man we've got last of us we've got all these we've got yeah, horizon yeah, yeah. we've got these big triple a experiences um like this is where you come to us for right and we've got the better machine and all of this kind of stuff like it, it it's interesting to see whether playstation move or diverge right does it does it become a like rather than what it's been over the past couple of years where it's been like it's sony and microsoft and nintendo are over here somewhere does it become three different places right does it actually become their own yeah. islands do playstation focus on a thing microsoft do their thing and nintendo do their thing right it's fascinating but it's it's yeah it's a it's a big fucking deal it really really is and like heart goes out to like all of the, pro- the progress that was going to be made on the like unionization stuff like just immediate wrench in the works for yeah, everything yeah um i don't even know what happens to the lawsuits now like can you sue a company that's in this kind of transitional period i have no idea uh um, i have no idea i, it's, I, I, I don't, I don't think works. we're in a position to be able to say that kind of thing right um yeah it's 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 wild it's it's a really wild situ- situation um and yeah a, a bunch of other small stuff Speaking of acquisitions, um, Epic bought Harmonics. That was the thing that happened while we were off off air. Um, so Epic Games now own Harmonics. What does that mean? Yeah, who, who knows? Like, um, yeah, I I don't know what that means. I don't know what they do with somebody like Harmonics. Why they buy somebody like Harmonics? Um, yeah, It'd be interesting. Um, what else was there? There was some like. Sony basically got on record about their well on record they published a fucking blog post about it basically talking about their next generation of VR like yeah it is coming it is real there is a Horizon game being made for it um, oh good it is called PlayStation VR 2 like that is what it's called 
Um, and they put some specs out. So it's got it's two thousand by twenty forty per eye and ninety to one hundred twenty hertz. Like that's like higher than the original Vive. I think. I think that's on spec with the the second edition Vive that came out. Um, it's headset based, so there's no lighthouses, there's no sensors. It's all headset based. They've got eye tracking, which was going to be the next big thing in VR. So it detects where your eyes are looking inside the headset and can do some yeah. stuff from that, both technically and in terms of gameplay. Um, they've got so they've got headset rumble, which is a thing that terrifies me. So they specifically talk about. PSVR2 Sense technology, which combines eye tracking, headset feedback, 3D audio, and their new controllers. I do not want anything rumbling on my head because if you want to give me a fucking headache, that's the way you're going to do it. Ah, uh, yeah, sure, yeah. Um, like I get, I like I assume it's not going to be like a rumble on a controller, which is fucking shaking your head, right? Because that's a nightmare. But like, some tactile feedback could be interesting. But the idea of like. So, like, the, the, one of the examples they're talking about here is, like, um, the thrust of a vehicle as the character speeds forward, right? Like, how do you do, like, do you just put a shaker on the back of the headset to feel the rumble? Like, I don't know what that means, but to me that's like, yeah, don't shake things on people's heads. In a thing that is, that a lot of people cannot even interact with because it gives them motion sickness, like, don't fucking shake their head. Yeah, that seems like a bad start, idea. Yeah, start shaking stuff at the Holy same shit. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like it's a thing that's that, that they they've put their name on it and no dates around that obviously, but like it is definitely a thing. Um, Hyperscape, the Ubisoft um, battle royale, battle royale nightmare. Yeah. Um, that that thing has some good ideas, but it was not a good. I did not think it was a very good game. Oh, um, yeah, fair. My one and only instance of homophobic slurs being thrown at me in a video game not the game's fault but i have yeah. held i have held it against that game since um since it um since i played it but yeah it is shutting down in april um because i didn't hear anything about that game when it, when i first saw the article i was like what the fuck is hyperscape i was like oh that thing yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. you have to remind yeah. yourself what hyperscape was yeah exactly um and i think the last thing i've got here is um I mean, I, I'm sure everyone was t- talking about the the Cricket 22 scandal that, you know, I'm sure everyone was talking about. Yeah, everybody cares about Cricket 22. Cricket but... 22 from Nacon, you know, the official game of the yeah. Ashes. Um, yeah. yeah, this is just like, this is one of those stories that feels like it should have come from the Onion. But basically, the whole game was delayed because their cover star was involved in a dick pic scandal, <laughs> which I thought was... Ah, oh, very interesting, great. incredible. And um, so this is from the Kotaku article. Um, one of two cover stars, Tim Payne, the Australian captain, thinking this would be a popular and safe choice, which it was right up to the moment last week when it emerged that he had sent lewd messages and an unsolicited dick pic to a female former colleague in 2018. Um, at the time, he was cleared after private investigations by local cricket authorities, which is a wild sentence. Private investigations yeah. by local cricket authorities, sure. The local cricket authorities. Yeah. Um, determined the exchange was consensual, but the investigation only took place because the woman receiving the messages has lodged an official complaint leading to local debate just about how consensual they were. It uh, became public last week. This was... Um, when was this? This was tail end of... This was start of December. Um... 
the investigation took place because blah blah blah. Um, as a result, Payne has stepped down from his role as captain, which in cricket is a much more important and powerful figure than in most sports. He will continue to play for Australia in the upcoming Ashes. Um, so yeah, so that's one thing. Um, and then, then you, um, the official statement from Big Ant, who are the developers of the cricket games and have been for like years at this point. Um, official statement. Hello, cricket fans. We know you're excited to get your hands on Cricket 22 hyphen the official game of the Ashes, where every bit is keen to get the game to you, blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately, factors beyond our control have meant that we need to update the game's cover art, other visuals, and team lists. There was a critical day one up patch that players needed to enjoy the full Cricket 22 experience that's consequently needed to be revoked. The new patch won't be ready for release until December 2nd. They made the difficult decision to delay the game's release by a week for all platforms, physical and digital. Um, first time forever had to delay release, blah, blah, blah. It is my favourite thing when stuff happens that you cannot say in a press release happens and they have yeah, to talk yeah, around yeah. the fact that, like, your guys being... Can't say... Yeah. You cannot say the phrase non-consensual dick pics in a, in a sentence. In, in a, a press release. Yeah, so factors beyond our control... Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. The the equivalent that I've got of that um, sort of thing. Or sorry, you need to finish your news story. I was going to. Oh, that, that was it. Uh, so he's already been placed on the cover by Fastbowler Pat Cummins, um, <laughs> which is that's the name of a person. It's not funny. That's, that's the name great, of a person. It's a great name. It's a great name. I love it. Fastbowler Pat Cummins. You know, yeah, who's the vice captain of the Australian men's cricket team. So, um, yeah, that's it. Like. Um, so, the, so the I was going to say very quickly, top comment yeah. on the Kataka article quoting Payne is already been placed in the cover by Fastborough Pat Cummins. Reply, quote, we did name that doesn't remind you of the fact that a current member of the Australian cricket team sent unsolicited pictures of his dick to a colleague. Now, hear me out. <laughs> um, excellent top quality comment. Well done. Yeah, very good comment. Well um, done. That's excellent. Yes, that's, but that's that. So, yeah, sorry, the, the equivalent that I have of that about the press release thing it's a really. I'll, I'll. We'll close the show out on this because yes. it is a very, very I funny thing. Else. Of going back to Final Fantasy fourteen, right? Very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. There, I've talked about this in the show before. There's a rule in Final Fantasy fourteen that you're not allowed to use third party software. Sure. You're not allowed to do DPS meters or damage tracking or anything like that. People still do. Sure. But the rule is, don't talk about it because your account can actually get banned. So don't talk about it. Sure. I have seen so much, specifically in the the progression of the Savage tier as you're learning fights and stuff like that. People have gotten so creative about saying that they're looking at meters without saying they're looking at meters. It's it's so good because they're like they're they, obviously people have it on because they want to track the damage to see if they're doing enough damage to get past like a DPS check sure. or something like that. But they can't say. Hey, X person, you're not doing enough damage because, because that would then be fair have to that say, they're using the tool. Yeah, yeah, they then have to say, "How do you know that?" And they would have to say, "I'm tracking the numbers," and then their account gets banned. Right. So there are some brilliant ones of like I have seen people. My friend uh, has seen one where it is like people in the middle of raids and pools and stuff like that will say, "Let's just say by divine intervention that." <laughs> This person maybe isn't doing enough damage. How can we rectify this? Yeah. And it is, there's so many brilliant ones. The ones I saw that were the best was I was watching my friend try and do the next fight in P4. Mm. And 
the the people were very obviously saying they weren't using ACT, which is the logging software, the the DPS meters. Sure. Um, because they were saying the sentence, "I don't use ACT," and therefore saying, "I'm not logging this," like I'm not tracking this yep. or anything like that. But then in the same sentence, we're saying things like, "I'm not using ACT, but I'm looking at the logs." Then logs <laughs> is logs is ff logs which is the website you go to upload your act numbers to to track Excellent. damage over multiple pools and stuff like that where it's like i'm not using act i'm just looking at logs which yep. is such a break of the mind to be like yeah you're not using act how are you looking at the logs then exactly like, are you making these logs up where are you getting these logs lo- i don't I- understand what you're saying here i really love by divine intervention like yeah divine intervention is 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 one that like people i know have started using the lord above has told me that you're not doing enough damage let's just yeah let's just say that i am psychically being able to determine that you are not doing enough damage individually it is it's so good and people do it in different ways and it's brilliant because it is a lot of like people know you can't talk about it because you'll get banned right so there's a lot of like very subtle nudging of like when you get when you die in a pool and people will go like, hey, like whatever the, the character name is, be like, hey, what are you doing on this mechanic? To be like to get them to explain it to then see why they're wrong. Yep. So it's a, instead instead of like World of Warcraft where you just go like, oh yeah, your damage is too low. You have to like try and get it out of people to be like, what sure. are you doing that is not? Because you can't just go, your numbers are off. Yeah. So then people just started going like, divine providence tells me <laughs> that. This person I, is not taking damage. You, you, they should start doing um, like uh, management communication training for these things, where it's like, I really feel like you're not pulling your weight. Yeah, and, like start. Yeah, start start doing the like talking to yeah. how you talk to people under your charge and stuff D- like that. Yeah, despite it's... the fact that you have all the statistics from Microsoft Teams going, you were off for lunch for like two hours. What the fuck happened? Yeah. Like, I really do feel like, um, or I've had reports that, and yeah. Just start doing that shit. It's it's really good. It's it's so funny. It's one of my favorite things about Prague is watching people lose their minds about damage, but oh, not yeah, being yeah. able to talk about it. I it's mean, like hilarious. You can watch it happen in real time with um, fucking NFTs on Twitter, right? Because that's the the problem with that is I was watching a Twitter interaction between a, a prominent developer talking about talking about NFTs without talking about NFTs, because what yeah. immediately happens is like there are hundreds of thousands of twitter bots out there looking for people talking about it who will then reply with like oh you just don't understand here you should follow this person who talks about this and here's this thing yeah, yeah also yeah. like complete side note people should go watch dan olson's video on nfts it's is very good the yeah. definitive here's why they're fucked video like just flat out um so they were having this conversation talking about it without talking about it and at the end of it we're like well because here's the fucking problem right the last tweet was like, I'm now going to tweet a bunch of keywords, NFT style keywords, and just watch what happens. And he just tweeted like, NFT, crypto, build far, uh, like, mine farm, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, ape, ape, ape. 30 seconds, <laughs> there was like seven replies going like, yeah, oh, if you're interested, yeah. here's the thing. Like, it's wild. So you end up, so watching people craft ways of talk, like putting slashes in between NFT, talking about um, baboons yeah, rather than dodge apes. algorithms. Yeah. yeah, but not even algorithms. Like 
algorithms that other people have written, not like the algorithm, capital A. Yeah, um, yeah, no, 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 the, the, the Twitter scouring bot algorithm that is, yeah. It's wild. It's, it's yeah, it, it's one of my favorite oh, things. I've just thought about the other thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it has been so funny watching people, because um, that Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Jewels game came out. That is oh, yeah. Like the... The online version of how you play Yu-Gi-Oh! now, it's like the Magic Arena equivalent for Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. It has been so funny watching people be like, I, I like card game players being like, I've never played Yu-Gi-Oh! This is a great chance. It's free. Let's give it a shot. Sure. And then people learning what playing Yu-Gi-Oh! is like. It is so fucking funny to me because <laughs> like people from the outside that don't haven't played Yu-Gi-Oh! before, and I played quite a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! in the past, sure. the, the people that from the outside looking in are just like, oh, this is a weird card game. And everybody inside is like, you've got no fucking idea how this works. So when people get into playing Yu-Gi-Oh! and then they lose consistently on turn one because other people know how to play Yu-Gi-Oh! It's hilarious. You get so many posts on Reddit and stuff like that being like, what the fuck is Yu-Gi-Oh! And it's a video of them getting like one turn killed on turn one from their opponent. And it is yeah. like... Oh, it's brilliant. It's so funny to sit and watch because you finally get to be like, this is what Yu-Gi-Oh has been. This is Yu-Gi-Oh the whole time. This is what it's been for years. I, th- I oh, think it great. was I think it was TikTok, but it may have just been a, a Twitter video I saw of somebody being like, hey, I've got like the best Yu-Gi-Oh deck out there. We'll just show how we can uh, like get this guy in like three or four turns. And like, yeah, he plays a thing and they play like, what's the, the pot of greed? Is that a thing? Well, that's a banned card, but yeah, that's... Oh, right, yeah. but they were like, pot agreed, the other person's like, pot agreed, pot agreed, and then immediately turns over all five Exodias, and you're just like, yeah. what the fuck is happening? Like, something would so, always yeah, like, the, come into Yu-Gi-Oh! The, 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 like, the, like, single-player, like, Xbox games don't have, like, the ban list or whatever, so you can just play whatever yeah. you want. So that's why cards like that are banned, because they're way too efficient, and you sure. can do shit like that. But Yu-Gi-Oh! in general is about... I have I have my deck that does its thing and does it in a really specific way yep. of like special summoning stuff and stacking stuff and making a synchro summon and tutoring stuff at my deck and doing it blah blah that basically everybody on turn one tries to do their thing and mm-hmm. hopes that their opponent doesn't have a thing to interrupt it because there isn't a lot of interruption or disruption sure. in Yu-Gi-Oh! So it is people just fucking going off on turn one and hoping they win and that has shocked people from other card games who like have to set up and stuff like that and then suddenly people just go turn one do 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 special effect special effect special effect primal calamity you don't get to play the game anymore you're dead and then that's it like <laughs> well, especially because especially because like if, if you look at stuff like like hearthstone right like hearthstone is an evolution of hearthstone is, and stuff like that is built on the previous years of of other card games right and they've taken yeah, of course yeah, they, yeah. They, they've polished a lot of the edges off and and like the the, I don't know what's what's the official term for the like you get more mana per turn thing. Ah, uh, there's not really an official word but, for but it. But that kind of like does. you yeah. start with one mana, you get two mana next turn. That whole progression. mana smoothing kind of mana thing, smoothing. Yeah. yeah, like once you remove that, like even going to magic and stuff like that, where you have to like deal with lands to, lands, to get energy. Yeah. But then Yu-Gi-Oh on its own is just like that's a whole other oh, thing. Yu-Gi-Oh. Of like Yu-Gi-Oh does not give a fuck about lands yeah. or anything like that. It's all. It's all um, creature effects and just exactly. like doing stuff. There's no energy. You just keep doing stuff as long as you can keep doing stuff. It's... Like it's its own set of rules that if you don't yeah. go in understanding that stuff. It's... Oh, it's brilliant. It's so fucking oh, funny. It's, it's brilliant wild. to sit and watch people do it. 
Mm. But yeah, that's been that's been my good couple yeah. of days of like my friends and like other people on the internet just like posting videos being like, I don't think I get Yu-Gi-Oh! And it's just them like losing in a turn. And it's, <laughs> it's great. Yep. Like there's like there's like there's a combo deck on Master Jewels that like in turn one can make you discard your whole deck so you lose on your next turn when you try and draw. It's so funny. It's nice. brilliant. It's so good. Yeah. Um cool. I think that's everything. So what's coming up? Yeah. Um so Dying Ty- Light too. Dying Light is the fourth, right? Dying Light is next Friday at times next of recording. Friday. And I am very excited because Dying Light One was really good and this is Dying Light written by Chris Avalon and that's it sounds yeah. super interesting and sure. looks really cool. So um and then are you gonna get oh you are gonna get seafood before we talk next as well because that's the eighth uh i guess so yeah i yeah, guess i am the 15th will be the next one we do so yeah yeah that's gonna so be good seafood as well and um, crossfire x you know we're all excited about that um what is crossfire x it's that thing that it's the shooter that the smell gets shorter the remedy are working on I I okay. Like, I have it, no it, idea what you're it, talking about. I think it's right. like I think it was huge in it's I think it was huge in I think Korea, and then it's coming over here as with a with a um, campaign that's being done by Remedy. Like I don't give a shit sure, okay. until they told me that the, the campaign was being done by Remedy. I'm like, okay, sure. Ooh, what are Remedy going to do with a military shooter? <laughs> like what? I didn't fight for yeah, something um, bizarre. That would be great. Yeah, and then was that? A, Oh, that's an expansion for Old Republic. Okay, is also coming soon. That's that's another 15th. Tower expansion coming. Legacy of the Sith is according to this. Sure. Okay, I've not um, played Tower in years, so that sure. Um, but yeah, that's stuff coming up. Uh, in terms of site stuff, our game of the year stuff will go up, start going up next uh, Tuesday after you're hearing this. So that'll be the eighth, eighth. Um, two parts. Like I think it's an hour and a half, both as podcast and video, so you can watch it on YouTube or you can listen to it on it'll be on this feed as well. Um, it was fun. It's a different style than we normally do, and I think it was it was a good it was a good. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. It was all, yeah. I think it was a lot cleaner and it yeah. was easier to pull off. So definitely. So um, look for that if you're looking for things you maybe missed last year that you should check out. Um, that'd be a good thing to look at. Um, in terms of stuff I want to do, I kind of want to do a video on a game called Potion Craft. Which was a game. I heard of this, yeah. Yeah, I I, I got it from the one of the last Steam demo days, and it has one of the most best executed mechanics that you know you get those mechanics that try and replicate something in the real world, and they have to do it super abstract, like the way that they have mechanized experimenting with potion ingredients is just. Mm. As soon as I saw it, I was blown the fuck away about how they managed to do it in a really smart and interesting, interesting. way. Yeah, sure. Um. So we should do something with that. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. Because a lot of the stuff I'm playing is stuff that already exists or like you're not interested in. Hey, I started our weird programming game that you don't need to know oh about. God, I don't. Um, yeah. Hey, what if it was all state machines and Alan Turing actually existed in um, a steampunk world as opposed to the real world? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild. Um oh. Oh, we did. Okay, we'll talk about that next time because we'll probably play some more. But we played a little bit of uh, Rainbow Six Extraction. Oh yeah, so we did. Yeah, it's should play that a bit more. Yeah, we should play a bit more. It's fine, but as there, who, there is some, there's something there. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, but again, like as somebody who played like four hours of GTFO again last night, like game is game is some watered down ass GTFO. Oh yeah, with, it pales with, in comparison. Pale, yeah. yeah. 
But it's it's and again, it's on Game Pass. Like oh well, yes, yeah. it is on Game Pass. Like yeah, it's in Game Pass. That's how we got it. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, worth a look. Like it's interesting if you if you want something slightly later. Um, it's an interesting thing in there. But we'll probably talk about that next time once we played a bit more of it. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. So yeah. Um, gamingstart.com is the name of the website where you can find videos, articles, and podcasts are all up there. We're on Facebook and Twitter, search Gaming to Start, you'll find us there. Podcast at uh, youtube.com slash Gaming to Start, subscribe, get notified when we put new videos up. Um, podcast at Gaming to Start.com is the email address if you want to get in touch. Uh, yeah, happy new year, enjoy whatever you're playing, stay safe, and we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye.